Hi, y'all. Hi, hi. So, yes, we have more announcements we for do. the children. We have done some <laughs> collaborations we want to talk to y'all about. So, yes, so we have two episodes we wanted to have on your radars if you want some more Color Pages Book Club magic on different shows. Yeah. So recently, we actually got on a podcast called Escape from Reality. Escape is spelled E-S-G-A-Y-P-E. So we love to see it. Um, where we talked to the lovely hosts, uh, Jesse and Lark, about Carry On by Rainbow Rowell, which is kind of like a queer Harry Potter-esque, like, novel. We're just like, I mean, series, really. That just like a bunch, just a bunch of shit goes on. So we got on their show and we just like talked about all the things. It was super fun. Um, there's like this like love plot between the two main characters that oh, is like truly yeah. just ridiculous, like actually ridiculous. So yeah, y'all, it's... Oh, the thirst in that book. It is so, it is so much. <laughs> and also, Jesse and Lark are amazing. So absolutely check them out in their shows in general. They have a bunch of shows, actually. They do. Um, so definitely check them out. They're really, really dope. Um, yeah, just like listen to that if you're listening, if you're looking for some literal queer magic. So I feel like I learned a lot about Cottagecore, which I did yes, not know Cottagecore. Before. That was yep, a whole conversation. So there you go, kids. Also, if you are interested in another show that we were on, we also did a collab with Books and Bulba for the book She of the Mountain. And that was with Rira and Marvin. They are so lovely. I think we talked about video games and that mm -hmm. part of the internet that was there before the mm -hmm. early 2010s. If y'all yes. remember, does anyone remember? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, She of the Mountain is a beautiful book, a beautiful book. And, uh, you know, Rira and Marvin had such beautiful insights. So, Check them out. Check out their books. They're so interesting. We had a lot of fun. Um, Absolutely. And yeah, She yeah. of the Mountains literally like high key changed my life, y'all. Like, yeah. I, like I know I keep saying that, but like, it's well, on social media, book. I keep saying that, but like, yeah, <laughs> like that shit literally, like literally, like literally. Like, it also has pictures, you know? Right. So. Mm -hmm. It also has Hindu myths. I, I feel like uh, the pictures was like the least important thing, but the pictures are beautiful <laughs> and consent, like, you know, integral to the story. Right. But to say it has pictures like, I go, what? <laughs> but the <laughs> pictures are beautiful and, and they give you, <laughs> the author really plays with the mediums. And I, I'm really right. into, as I always said, I'm really into when people play with the mediums. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Very experimental, very yeah. like active as a reading experience. Yes. So yeah. yeah. So absolutely check it out. It is truly just like so just iconic and the way mm -hmm. we, like the way that she weaves in like hindu mythology into like a queer coming of age yes. oh y'all girl yeah. just read it y'all just read it and read well it. actually maybe just, uh, just listen to our you episode listen. that's yeah, true just, that's, that's yeah, you yeah, do i don't it. need to yell at y'all there was no need for that why was i that excited <laughs> it's not that you're excited anyway. you know uh, well okay well i guess let's the get episode. into the episode yeah yes. all right <laughs> 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 see y'all soon bye y'all Hi, I'm Marcy. And I'm Akko. I'm Tamara. And I'm Classy. <gasps> and <laughs> not us still doing this bit. And welcome to the Colored Pages Book Club, a bi-weekly podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, and magical realism written by writers from colorful backgrounds. Yes, colorful background. And today we are back with the second half of this Latinx Gothic novel, aptly named Mexican <laughs> Gothic. And mm -hmm. we are joined by our lovely, lovely guest that you just heard, Shelf Addiction. How y'all doing? Ooh, I'm great. Thanks for having us. I'm great as well. I'm 
really glad to be here. Fun times. Of course, of course. Well, thank you for coming. You know, yes. we, for the listeners, we, y'all, y'all might already know this depending on the time of the recording, but we actually did a swap with Shelf Addiction recently where on their show, we talked about a book called Blacktop Wasteland mm-hmm. by S.A. Cosby. And whoo, amazing. Y'all got to check out that episode. Yes, dude. But Shelf Addiction, would you all mind telling us more about like your show, about mm-hmm. just kind of like your platform, how y'all got started, all that, all that good stuff. Oh, sure, sure. So I'm Tamara. I'm the creator and the main host of the Shelf Addiction podcast. Just a little background. I recently mm-hmm. passed 350 episodes. Go yes. off. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes. And uh, we'll be celebrating five years this upcoming April. The podcast hey. has been around that long. Hey. She's a veteran. Like, Yo, literally that's a veteran. goals. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, I love it. And of course, I love books. And uh, mm-hmm. the Shelf Addiction podcast focuses on fiction, mainly book read-alongs and discussions. It's like listening in on your favorite book club, as I like to say. Mm. <laughs> yes. We're laid back and fun. Uh, we have engaging conversation. And sometimes we drink some wine or cocktails. So that will make an appearance. And um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm joined by my book friends on a rotating basis to discuss, you know, like, like I said, a variety of fiction. And Classy, mm-hmm. who's with me today, she is my co-host on the Buddy Reads um, series where we talk about thriller and mystery. So I'll let her in- mm-hmm. introduce herself. Hi, I'm Classy. Um, as Tamara said, I am her co-host on Buddy Reads, where we mm-hmm. do mystery, thriller, suspense. We dipped a little in horror this past year but um yeah but um yeah i've been doing this with her for two years now i was um a book reviewer for her um what was it shelf addiction review team so and then switched over to her podcast i am Mm -hmm. also a author relations coordinator for mocha girls read book club which i've been with since 20 I think it's 2010 2013 oh wow um and i am the facebook chapter organizer i did have an illinois chapter but um we we debunked <laughs> but uh so i'm yeah so we moved on so i just moved on to the facebook um portion of that and mm-hmm. just been doing that for a while and just been an avid reader for a long time mm. i don't see i don't think i've seen my life without a book yeah yeah. And me and Classy, we really connected over thriller titles. Um, so, mm-hmm. of course, naturally, that's what we do on our show, on our segment. So, love mm. it. Ooh, yeah. And y'all, yeah, Shelf Addiction does feel like a book club. When we were on, we were like, absolutely. Uh, we were having so much fun, like, having just talking about books and having a good time. So, definitely, yeah. definitely check them out. And, y'all, before we get started on this discussion, I have a question. <laughs> Yay. Right? It's very Vanna White when she's like turning the letters, you know, she's just like ding, ding, ding. Um, so it's interesting that y'all say that you were doing thriller and like dipping into a little bit of horror because, you know, this is a little horror, Mexican Gothic. So this is very apt. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this book, there is a haunted house, a very haunted, lots of gloom and <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> and I had to ask, uh, me and Ago and Marcy were like, we're not in this house. We're not going up there. None of us, I don't think no. any of us would have. But, but here's the question. It's a, would you, which would you rather? Would you live oh. in a haunted house if it meant that you would be wealthy, not just for your life, but your kin's life, like 
maybe four or five generations down. And if mm-hmm. you didn't, if you didn't live in the house, you would never get over like, mm. it, it would, you'd have bad luck with money for your, the rest of your life. Okay, so Follow I have question. a question. Oh, How haunted Sam, is first? it? <laughs> got a question for the question. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that doesn't usually happen to me. Okay, I like that. I like that. Clarifying details. I would say it's pretty haunted. It's not like, you, you're not going to die, but it's, it's it's pretty bad. You're gonna get some weird dreams. You're gonna get lots of creepy creepy things floating around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And my question is: so would my I, I guess would like my kin have to also live in this house oh. with me, or would it just be myself in the house? I think the kin has to live. They gotta live there too. Shit. For the next five generations, or like, <laughs> yeah. is it just like the ah, uh, damn? Wait, what about um? I think maybe the less related to you are, the less hold it will have on you. Let's do it that way. So it's okay, you know. So like, your kid would definitely have to live in there because they're so related to you. But maybe your grandkid, you know, maybe they could you know live down the street. Okay. You know? And 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 if I chose not to live there, would it just be me that had bad luck with money, or would that also nope. be like that it's also going also down the out. line? God mm-hmm. damn. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh. Do I have to live there? I have to pass this house down to my next generation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I call bullshit on this, Akko. Uh. <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. She said, no. How dare you make me live there and make my children live there? I've already. Okay. I will answer the question first. For the sake of my children and generational wealth, I will do it. I will make friendly with those suckers. I will get used to them and the creepiness and whatever for my children and the next generation to start a better life than I have. Um, I don't know about the mushrooms and the mold. (laughs) And I'm just thinking of Mexican Gothic and all that mess. But yeah, I I would make friendly with the ghosts. I've I've, Mm. uh, I've watched a few... uh, haunted house series and and to be honest i think i have come across some creepy things before and and it made it um so i'm okay with that Hmm. for my children i've made sacrifices and i'll do it again oh what a good answer all right okay but i know her (laughs) (laughs) well okay so assuming that i can just be in this house with my life as it is currently. Okay. So being that I don't have any children and I'm not going to have any children, I'll do it because I'll pass it on to my nieces and nephews and extended family. Oh, interesting. Okay. And they're less related to you. So maybe it won't have as much as in the, Oh, okay. You Mm. came in with the like, you know, (laughs) side answer. Nice. I like it. I like it. Hey, I look for workarounds. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, shit, in the spirit of workarounds, I'm also thinking, I'm like, okay, if I was like, you know, stacked, like I had mad money living in this house, I'm like, I also could imagine I could like, like, could I just buy like another home or like another place to oh, live? <laughs> <laughs> just kind of like mostly live there, like have this, I don't know, like bi-coastal lifestyle where it's like, okay, I only have to stay in the haunted house for like three months out of the year. Um, mm. I feel like I would do something like that just because I'm like, because again, if it was just like me, but even then it's just like the psychological like torment of just like trying to go to bed and stuff like that. And you just know that your house is haunted. And it's just like, well, actually I'll say this. 
if it was haunted in the same way, like it was like a pre- like it was predictable, then I think I would just be like, okay, I can make this work. But if it was oh, like every day there was like something new, some new kind of like spirit or disruption, I, I couldn't do it. I would I would mm. just be like, no, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> <I can't. laughs> but I'm like I'm like if I get like 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 Classy said, if I can get friendly with the spirits, you know, I, I'm down. I'll do it. Right. Most time, most haunted houses is usually. I mean, and I know this is can't be proven but from movies and whatever it's usually just the one who's been inhabiting that house for years maybe some from previous years but mm. you usually don't have any new ghost that's guests true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, have you right. seen haunting of hill house <laughs> oh that's scary i don't know <laughs> haunting of hill house that was scary yeah There's a lot of ghosts oh, yeah they did yeah. but they had yeah but they had like servants and all that kind of stuff so I don't know. Yeah. As long as you're not trying to kill me or make me kill people, I think I'm. I think that's, and I think that's what Marcy was saying—that psychological, yeah, thing, right. you know, or you know, the creepy rape scenes from. Oh God, no. Lord! Hmm. Oh gosh! Yeah, no. That's, 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 <laughs> it, it also depends. You're right on how many ghosts there are. Like, if there's a bunch of ghosts, I don't know about a bunch of ghosts. You know, I could do yeah, two or three. Like, don't be making friends as right. Ghosts. Like, <laughs> I'm going to need you to keep your circle kind of small. Don't be right. inviting new people to my house. My house? Right. Where I'm here? No, ma'am. You, you may not bring your little ghost friends. Who are no, who no, 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 friends. Right. Uh, absolutely not. Do not bring them to my house. Oh, my God. Can you imagine you wake up the next day? You're like, ghost, why are you having parties in my house? I was trying to sleep. Like, like, I go into the kitchen. I'm like, I know this ghost did not leave a goddamn mess in my kitchen. <laughs> like, I call the ghost oh, wow. down. And I'm just like, I'm going to need you to clean. So whatever you're doing, that's going to end. You're going to clean up this kitchen. That's what that's what you're doing next. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, that would be my whole energy. Actually, if that's my energy yet, I actually can make it work. Because I'm like, okay, if I had to go to the line, like, it'll be fine. So. I'm dead. And then they continue to smash every single dish in your kitchen out of spite. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Ghosts do not like to. Mm. <sighs> oh, that's oh, a yeah. Question, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I'm, I'm going to be the one defector and say I won't do it. I'm not going to. I think my family will, will resent me for giving up all that coin. Like, they're going to be pretty <laughs> mad. <laughs> But I'm be like, look, guys, just wait four or five generations. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> you have to come up on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So. All right, y'all. Well, that's the question. Thank you for answering. <laughs> <laughs> very, of course. Creepy. Yeah. So now um, we're going to take a little bit of a break. And Akko and I are going to give a plot summary for the part for the second part of Mexican Gothic. And then when we come back, we'll be joined by Tamara and Classy again. And we'll kind of just jump into the discussion. So we'll see you on a bit. Woo! So Tamara and Classy will be joining us in a moment. Well, not really a moment, you know, in the <laughs> next session to, to have our like full blown discussion about the book as a whole. But yes. in the interim, we figured we would kind of give you all the part two summary, let y'all know what happened or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yes, where we last left off at the end of part one, basically, so Noemi is our protagonist. Um, she was sent by her father to check up on her cousin Catalina um, at this place called High Place, where you know her. Ca- where her cousin lives with a guy named Virgil. 
in his family who fucking sucks. It's a super creepy house. Mm-hmm. Like no one can talk. It's damp. It's cold. Like literally, why does anyone live there? And it's like haunted and weird. It and is. Catalina basically asked Noemi. She was like, "Hey, um, would you mind going into town and getting giving me this like tonic?" And Noemi's like, "Do you want to elaborate on that?" And she's like, <laughs> "No, just." do it and she's like okay so noemi goes in town um gets the tonic gives it to catalina and then catalina has a seizure and then virgil and his whole family is like pissed at her and they're like oh my god how could you do this like what the fuck so that's kind of where i left off um my prediction from the last time i don't uh, real tea i don't fully remember it um (laughs) y'all are like is it this your show anyway (laughs) but i'm pretty sure i said something to the effect of like catalina's being poisoned like they were like yeah using noemi as like a scapegoat to like blame her but like the seizure was something that. that was like their fault yeah and that maybe like i think you were talking about the tonic is i think you were right marcy i think you said the tonic was what was helping and that they were yeah yeah Oh, I, I don't know oh. if you're right. Actually, that's a spoiler. We don't know. We don't know if you're right. <laughs> <You know. laughs> Girl, I ain't no point in doubling, doubling back at this point. <laughs> right. It's like you left and then came back. It's like right. <laughs> the whole section's a spoiler, by the way. Um, welcome to the Color Pages Book Club. But um, really? I go, <laughs> what were your predictions? Yeah. So my prediction was so far flung that it's like close to being right, but still way off. I, I thought Ooh, yes. they were vampires. Um, mm. And that's why the silver and the yada yada. That's why people were sick. Okay, they are not vampires. It would have been less creepy if they had been <laughs> vampires, but they are somehow not. would have would have been better if they were <laughs> vampires. But in a way, you're kind of right, and mm. we can kind of get into that in, in in a little bit as to why you're you know kind of right with that prediction as well. Look at Marcy not making a spoiler. Look at me. I was like, well, actually, <laughs> so. <laughs> girl you're good okay so yes so part two so basically after all this happens noemi naturally feels really down very guilty about the whole catalina situation Mm. she's like girl i can't believe i caused this damn seizure like this is a mess and so you know she kind of like is walking around just kind of like you know trying to just you know clear her mind and everything like that and she comes across a statue of agnes doyle who if y'all remember was howard doyle's first wife who died pretty soon after they got married yep and so she notices a statue of her and it has like the epithet mother underneath it, which is weird because Agnes, ain't, she ain't have no kids. Mm-hmm. Like she ain't got no kids. So why is it? Mo- right. So Noemi's like, okay, strange. We're just going to, you know, file save for later. So she goes back inside. She has a conversation with Francis who basically tells her that what happened with Catalina wasn't really her fault. That like Catalina's actually had seizures before and like she's just been like really depressed living there. But of course Florence and them were like knowing me girls y'all fault like right, you're the problem. Right. And it's like how it's like <laughs> so how it, I don't know how y'all found the room but it's fine. So basically Francis tells her okay look Noemi, I know you're here for Catalina. Love that. Respect that. Love to see it. Mm-hmm. But um you this ain't go. really this ain't really the place for you. Like maybe <laughs> leave. Maybe listen to Marta and Akko and Marcy and Otis the Pigeon for part one and just <laughs> fucking leave. Girl, leave. Just leave, please. And Noemi's like, yeah, um, I should leave, but I ain't leaving out Catalina, mm. so we just gonna have to agree to disagree. And Francis is like, ain't this some shit? So later on, because again, this book is literally a cycle, um, Noemi has a dream that so 
I'm going to pause here, actually, and just give a general content warning for this entire second. Yeah, that's actually a good idea. Yeah, there's a lot of like kind of themes of like sexual coercion, sexual assault, like cannibalism. Yeah, some like really awful shit. So just like be warned. Mm -hmm. Um, again, we you know, Akko and I, you know, try our best to not go into like gratuitous detail about shit like that, but like. Just in general, if yeah. this, these are things that you don't necessarily want to explore, hop hop into the discussion mm-hmm. with Tamara and Classy. Timestamps in the description. So, yes. <laughs> anyway, so going back. So basically, Noemi, you know, after this conversation with Francis, has a dream where it's basically like there's a okay so there's like a woman giving birth in front of a crowd and she gives birth not to like a child but to like a pulsating tumor and then a little girl from the crowd has like a like a like a towel or something and she basically like smothers the woman with it and bearing witness to all of this is a man who is essentially leading the entire thing who wears an amber ring just like Howard Doyle. So Noemi's like, that shit ain't no damn coincidence. Um, But Noemi's still in the house, so I still got questions, but you know, it's (laughs) fine. Um, So basically, the next day, Noemi asked Francis to take her down to town um, and, you know, just kind of like explore more of what's going on. And so Francis luckily, you know, agrees. And so Noemi goes into town. She tries to talk to Marta, but Marta's away. So she goes to Dr. Um, Camarillo's, like, clinic or whatever um mm-hmm. i think he was eating like a sandwich he was like literally eating a he sandwich truly, he was like oh. yes. <laughs> he was like frantically wiping crumbs from his mouth he's like hey girl and no one was like bitch i i pulled up unannounced you ain't gotta be like it's not yeah. <laughs> like your girl finished a sandwich like it's not that serious <laughs> uh but basically you know they get to talking and stuff and two things that happen that are kind of of note. Dr. Camarillo is basically like, he looks at Noemi's wrist, which if y'all remember in part one was kind of like bothering her when she had like this weird rash. And he was like, yeah, you're uh, fine. Your rash went away. Mm-hmm. Like your, your wrist is like totally fine. Um, should it take away longer than that? So that's interesting. And also they kind of got to talking about the whole situation with Catalina and Dr. Camarillo was like, yeah, that don't make no sense because Marta be using just the freshest of the fresh mm. ingredients. Mama be, oh, she made organic, like literally yeah. everything she ever made has like herbs and like hearty plants. And so it wouldn't cause something like a seizure. And there's, there's so no like, like, there's no like drugs in her plants. There's no like opiates. Right. There's nothing that would, yeah. Basically. So... Noemi's like, yeah, this is just all getting weirder and weirder. And Dr. Comedy was like, yeah, girl, I mean, mm-hmm. tried to tell you. Yep. Told you twice. Marcy and um, Marco <laughs> were sitting there like, girl, don't go back up that, that mountain. And, and she's like, guess I'm going back up the hill now. And we were all like, you know, you are out of the house. Maybe stay. Stay yeah. out of the house. We and she's got like, no, no, no. He's like, I got literally had sandwiches, but okay, <laughs> it's fine. Go, go back to where y'all were eating like plain crackers and shit. Mm hmm. So, after all this, you know, um, Noemi and Francis go back to the house. Noemi and Virgil have, like, their 800th makeup conversation where Virgil's like, girl, I lashed out. (laughs) I'm sorry. You know, I'm just stressed. And Noemi's like, you know, I, like, full circle don't fuck with you. But, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I still live in this house, so it's fine. Um, And then, like, Noemi tries to talk to Florence because Florence is, like, pissed. She's like, girl, what did I tell you about, like, leaving this goddamn house, breathing too damn loud, smoking your damn cigarettes, (laughs) talking to people, being a person, wearing clothes? She's like, girl, like, can I eat, like, can I do anything? And Florence is like, if you could just leave, that would actually be great. So Florence is pissed. And then Noemi's like, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm just trying, I'm trying to just keep the peace. And Florence is like, I don't actually care at all and i I think she literally was like yeah i don't don't really like fuck your apology basically and i was like oh so that's um (laughs) 
<laughs> that's just okay well so yeah so basically after that conversation with florence um it's essentially established that like noemi's not really allowed to be with catalina without supervision like they're like oh if you're gonna see catalina like someone else needs to be there because girl you doing too much and so Noemi, you know, follows up with Catalina. You know, they kind of have a conversation later on. And I think there was a woman named Mary who, like, works in the house. She was, like, kind of just there, you know, around. And so Catalina and Noemi get to talking. And they do this whole thing where, like, I guess Noemi is, like, reading Catalina's story. And she, and, like, Catalina picks out, like, a specific book for Noemi to read. Um, and inside of it, actually, there's, like, a letter from from Ruth. Ruth is the one who, like, killed pretty much her whole family, yep. you know all those years ago. And so Naomi's like, interesting. So in that letter from Ruth, there was like, you know, it talks about like Ruth also kind of like hearing voices and having mm-hmm. these weird dreams, like all this other shit. And so Naomi's like, okay, if Ruth is going through this, Catalina's going through this and I'm going through this, like we can't yeah. all just be out here like wilding. Like there's gotta be, there's something clearly afoot because this is like way too much of a, co- of a coincidence. And so she goes and like essentially talks to Francis about this. Noemi, Noemi, Noemi goes to Francis to yep. talk about this. He's painting And you know, I was like, Francis, why are you? Y- okay. Yes. <laughs> so like, so like she like she basically like go through the halls like okay I need to talk to fucking Francis like I I need to figure out what the fuck is going on and then she like walks in on him painting mushrooms and she's like um is this a good time like should, should I come back later uh, so basically Noemi asks him like you know is the house haunted and basically Francis is like well um there's no such thing as ghosts and Noemi's like yeah but like is there something that's causing like visions or ghost like phenomena mm-hmm. something um because i mean yeah like, if, if, like something because i'm like even if there aren't ghosts it's like this shit feels like it's ghosts up in here so like what mm-hmm. what is going on so at this point francis starts speaking to noemi in spanish and he's like kind of lets her know that she kind of figured out the tea without actually officially telling her that and he kind of just goes on to say that you know he really hates it here and that like he can't really leave um and that like noemi really like really needs to leave before it's too late like it's like he, he francis is basically like girl it's gonna get worse so like leave while you got the chance and right. Noemi's like interesting 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 and so you know noemi's like well if you hate it so much here why are you still here and francis is like i can't really leave like my dad won't really let me leave like i can't i like literally cannot leave and noemi's well, like i don't know what that means but she'll well his dad died trying to leave but his uncle oh i'm so sorry uncle howard i'm sorry yeah. uncle howard won't let him leave but yes, but his 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 actual dad, um, what was his name? Richard. Um, he was so. the one who, in part one, basically like committed suicide in that ravine. And so mm-hmm. yeah, so basically he's like, yeah, my dad tried to leave and that didn't work, and Uncle Howard won't let me leave. So kind of stuck. And so Naomi's like, well, that sucks. And so then again, Noemi has another dream. Um, y'all, this book is literally a circle. So yeah, <laughs> Noemi it's true. Has a dream. It's true. <laughs> So she has another dream where basically she's taking a bath and like Virgil walks in and like they like start they like start hooking up and at first she's like oh my god this is terrible but then she starts getting like really into it and so then like she like falls through the cracks of time like Mm -hmm. y'all it was like a lot basically it's like this whole thing that happens is she wakes up in Virgil's room like she actually wakes up in Virgil's room and um you know Virgil's like yeah you know like you were just sleepwalking and you know so weird like you know you should just like spend the night here you know you've been sleepwalking a lot lately like maybe just have some wine sleep here yeah, with me weird, you know man. just weird <laughs> like, just just what? stay with me and noem is like i don't no. see why any of that would be necessary and he's like oh but just just have some wine and she's like so this is me getting up this is me leaving the room this is me not giving a fuck about her opinion yep. and basically virgil's just 
he's just he's, he's also he, like it's like weird like the first time the dream he, he found her sleepwalking at like kind of this time around it's a little more suspect his behavior is more suspect. yeah yeah um, basically yeah so very much nefarious very much like Noemi's like also i'm like i need to get the fuck out of here energy um mm-hmm. so she goes back to her room whatever whatever the next morning she starts hallucinating again that essentially the so there's like hella mold on the wall because like this house is like it's dirty and so like she starts hallucinating that like the mold is like alive and like pulsating and like growing and shit and at this point noemi doesn't really know what's real and what isn't real we don't really know what's real and what isn't real all we really know next is that like she ends up in the bathroom and she like is like playing with her i think it was like her lighter and she like burned herself oh yeah yeah um and th- I think that's why she went to the bathroom because she burned herself. So she went to the bathroom to like, I don't know, wash water over it. But then like Florence and Virgil like come into the bathroom and like, they were like, oh, what are you talking about? Like, there are no burns on you. Like, what is happening? And I- we were all just like, what the fuck? Like, literally everyone's like, mm-hmm. girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, this is weird. Like, so it's just getting increasingly, increasingly weird. And so basically Noemi's like, okay, you know what? Francis has been telling me since page 14, I need to get the fuck out the story. Marcy and Akko done left in part one. <laughs> like basically in part point three, they left. They weren't even, they never even entered the house, girl. Like maybe it's time for me to go. Maybe I need to get the fuck out and yeah. get Catalina with me. So we're all like, oh, thank God. And we like broke into applause. So she goes to Catalina's room and she's like, Catalina, girl, we need to get the fuck out of this house. But then mm-hmm. also Catalina seems like weirdly too comfortable. She's like, girl, how are you this comfortable when we are being haunted? Right. <laughs> um, you gave so... me the book with the letter. <laughs> exactly. What the hell? <laughs> um, so basically, Noemi's like, look, enough is enough. We get the fuck out tomorrow. It is what it is. Woo, woo, woo. And so, you know, she ends up telling Virgil this and Virgil's like, okay, that's cool. You can leave tomorrow. Pack your things tonight. We'll have a celebratory dinner. And we can all say bye to you together. Oh and, you boy. know, just celebrate you in this time that we spend together. Because, <laughs> you know, you're leaving tomorrow. Remember, you're leaving tomorrow. And Noemi's like, yep. Saying that kind of weak. I'm going to just pack my <laughs> shit and go. He's like, tomorrow, you're leaving. You're leaving tomorrow. Noemi's like, you know what? I'm going to just, let me just yep. get the fuck. She's like taking down the the hangers in her closet. She's like, yep, tomorrow, Basically. just leaving. Just <laughs> tomorrow, just leave it tomorrow. Like, he literally is folding her dresses while he's <laughs> saying this, like, on repeat. And she's like, is he going to shut the fuck up? Like, when did he become a fucking tape recorder? But anyway, so they have their final dinner, you know, as, as promised, you know, because she's leaving tomorrow. And so they have this dinner. And it's like Florence, Virgil, Francis, I, Catalina might have been there. Howard wasn't there. Whatever. It, you know, their regular insipid ass dinner. <laughs> and, you know, they after the dinner, you know, Fran- Virgil's like, you know what? Uncle Howard's going to be so sad that you're leaving Noemi. You should just say bye to him, you know, just because, you're, again, you're leaving tomorrow. And the Noemi is like, I'm out this bitch tomorrow. So, yeah, sure. That's fine. I'll see Howard. Whatever. So... Noemi goes to Howard's room, and what happens next is... So confusing and so disturbing. Okay. So, okay. So, again, content warning from earlier. Basically, Noemi goes into this room, you know, Francis is with her, all the other people are with her, and essentially, like, they go up to Howard's bed, because he has, like, I guess, like, a curtain around his bed, and Howard, why is Uncle Howard, why is this man lying on his bed, butt-ass, butt-ass naked. And Noemi's like, are you fucking serious? And basically at that point, like, Florence and Virgil, like, grab her and force her to kiss Uncle Howard. And then, y'all, okay, I'm so sorry, y'all. Then he, like, injects this, like, black liquid, like, into her mouth, um, which, like, elicits, like, a 
basically like a like a not I guess kind of a hallucination, but yeah. more to a flashback or a dream. Yeah, um, a flashback. Good call. Yeah. So essentially, what Noemi sees is the original Doyle. We don't really like. She doesn't know how she knows that this is the original Doyle. She just knows that it's it's him. Mm-hmm. And essentially, what we see is that you know he's hanging out with like these people in a cave. They're like you know it's kind of. from the energy of the space you could tell that like this is like a land that these people are you know live on and like doyle is like a visitor to this space and basically there's like i think they're in europe they're in europe okay i couldn't actually tell where they were yeah and i think that's why the dirt thing comes up remember when he took all the dirt from england and brought it over i think they're in europe and it's some type of like tribal european group it's very unclear they don't say who or they're yeah Oh, they're doing some ceremony. Sorry, continue. Yeah, yeah, basically. So, yeah, so it's like, it's this group of people. They don't really go into detail about who they are. But like Akko said, yeah, there's like a ceremony going on. Doyle's there. There's like a priest who's kind of facilitating it. Um, and the whole thing, essentially the theme of of this whole ceremony is like living forever. It's mm-hmm. like immortality, right? And so basically they're teaching Doyle how to like live forever, which is going to come up like in three minutes. So... In the same flashback, Doyle, like, burns the cave and everyone in it. But there's a woman who's in the cave that he coerces to, like, leave with him. That same woman, I believe, is the one who was in the dreams that we've been kind of talking about. But we can kind of talk about that later. Basically, yeah. So all of this happens, right? And so Noemi's like, literally, what the fuck is going on? And essentially (laughs) goes back to her room. And Francis kind of explains, like, essentially the tea. Like, is like, kind of tells Noemi, okay, this is exactly what's going on. Mm Mm-hmm. TLDR, this is what y'all need to know. Basically, so the Doyle that, like, Noemi saw in that flashback is the current Howard Doyle that exists um, and has been alive for about 300 years. Basically, he got access to these mushrooms that essentially can, like, extend your life and hold memories. So the entire house that they live on is surrounded by and connected through this, like, network of, like, mushroom fungi. And there are these, like, yellow spores that, like, come out the wall, and that's why, like, you know... They imported the dirt from Europe and all of that. Basically, they, they, they're they using the mushrooms to, like, stay alive. And that's part of the reason why, you know, they, the house is always cold and damp because, like, these mushrooms have to live in a very specific climate. Mm-hmm. And so, essentially, yeah, so the Doyles use the mushrooms to stay alive forever. And, to, and they also can use it to exert control over people using this sort of, like, weird memories and, like, mind control, like, within the, like, network of fungi. Mushrooms, Y'all, yeah. I'm, I'm trying my best to make, <laughs> make this it's as clear as possible. called the gloom. Like, that's what they yeah. call it. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's weird. Yeah. So basically, yeah. So so back in the day when all those workers died and all of that, like they died from sort of this, like, I guess this fungi like exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Basically, you know, Francis's dad knew it was all fucked up, but he stayed because, you know, his wife and his son were there until it was too late. And that's why he tried to escape, but he couldn't. And so that's why he ended up committing suicide. Yeah. It's like hinted that like Howard, because they, it's like they can influence people to do things so it's like hinted that like he made him yeah Yeah. basically and so most people who visit the house can't actually stay there for long periods of time they they usually will die kind of like the workers Mm -hmm. and so i guess to to sort of i guess keep their their family line going typically how they how howard doyle does this is essentially like there's kind of this like incestuous like 
chain throughout their family. So people will typically like kind of reproduce with folks that they're related with. And then Howard, when his current body is like too old, he'll just like transmigrate into their bodies. Right. So basically also Orochimaru shit. Like yeah. we'll just use their body as like a husk and just like switch into their bodies, um, but which like is, maintaining the same soul. Right. Which is why he didn't want Ruth to marry, I, mean, I think his name was Benito because yeah. he can't transfer into Benito. He's not related to Benito, but he exactly. could transfer into his brother's son. And that's exactly. why he, he wanted Ruth to marry him because the Doyles, like, I don't know, their genes are more suited for the fungi thing. I think it's because the Doyle guy has been doing this for 300 years. So, you know, for 300 yeah, years, they got like a symbiotic <laughs> relationship with the fungi. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of the whole energy. Also come to find out that Agnes and Alice were Doyle's like like his own sisters mm-hmm. like they were like directly related to him and which is why yeah. we didn't understand the time remember like last episode we were like wait who's related to anybody well this is why it doesn't make any sense right everybody's everybody's uncle and their niece and their cousin and their grandparent <laughs> it's all in the same line basically yeah. it's like a horizontal like like family tree rather than like a vertical one. yeah it's like a hor- um, it's a family plank i don't know anyway ba- basically <laughs> basically basically um so, yeah, so now that Howard threw up in Noemi's mouth, like, she can't leave the house because, like, the gloom, which, again, is that, like, network of memories mm-hmm. won't let her. So, yeah, that's that. But, um, Akko, why don't you talk about the rest <laughs> of what happened? So, after that, Nomi has, like, more disturbing dreams. Um, but she's like, you know, there's one with Howard and some maggots, and it's all very creepy. And so mm. she decides, you know what? I'm still going to leave the next day. Uh, but Virgil literally, well, first the house like won't let her leave. And then Virgil like shows up and literally drags her back into the house. Also, Virgil like yeah. keeps showing up out of nowhere. Like out of nowhere. Like he just appears. You're like, oh, okay. Um, and so then he's like, you need to take a bath in front of me. And she's like, I really don't want to. But then you sort of see how now they can control her. So it's almost like he's making her take a bath and like influencing yeah. her. Which then you start to realize like, was all that sleepwalking stuff like him influencing her? And he does like say mm. like, oh, well, remember like you weren't against it when we had that dream. And she was like, that was a dream. Also, how were you in my dreams? Also, what is happening? And then... It's getting all very creepy and terrifying, but luckily Francis interrupts and helps her yeah. get out. So then she and Francis start talking in Spanish because no one else understands Spanish. And he tells her like which foods have been laced with the same tonic that they gave uh, Catalina. He also mm. explains that while Howard is powerful, he's not that powerful. And also Ruth kind of winked him by shooting him. Like she yeah. weakened like the whole house apparatus by shooting all these people and so like his power is weakened even more Uh, but yeah so he also explains that the gloom is sensitive to fire the gloom (laughs) the gloom (laughs) and it's like oh my god (laughs) Um, truly what and it just gets weirder y'all buckle up yeah it's about to get odd so then the gloom is sensitive (laughs) to fire and the tonic that catalina was drinking which is why catalina wanted it um and it's also why Florence doesn't like her smoking because the gloom doesn't like mm. the smoke. So then basically, um, Francis and Amy like kind of pieced together that Catalina was slowly realized that she was slowly being controlled. So she started using mm-hmm. the times that she wasn't under the influence to go and get this tonic to fight off the influence. That's when mm. Marta was like, can you leave that house? Because this, 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 this tonic isn't going to help forever. Yeah. Then during her free time, she wrote a letter to Noemi, hoping she would come and save her. So that's why she got the letter. So then Francis tells 
know, knowing me that he'll get her the tonic every day because Francis is basically like, okay, I'm just going to try and help you escape. And he, he says a lot. He was right. like, I should have helped you when they were throwing up in your mouth, but I'm a coward. Um, I have to just be honest with myself. I should have done something and I didn't. And then, which also knowing me was like, I, f- I was like, I feel like there should have been more pushback there. Like, yeah, just shut up. <laughs> like, it's just right. But then also, like, is Francis trustworthy at this point? Yeah, right. It's unclear. But then also, I mean, honestly, considering the story Francis is about to go through, I'm like, well, actually, I don't know. So yeah. then, no, Amy is like, okay, fine, help us escape. Catalina's coming too. And then that mm. night, Nomi has another nightmare. But this time, Ruth is telling her to wake up and keeps telling her to wake up. And it seems like every time that Noemi has been told to wake up in a dream, which actually happens pretty constantly, um, mm-hmm. it's Ruth. It's Ruth saying, like, remember to wake up. Right. So basically, everyone in the house is like, hey, no, uh, Noemi, I know you, like, really kind of like Francis, right? And she's like, I mean, I actually am terrified of this whole place and I want to leave. And they're like, yeah, but if you were to stay, which you have to now because you can't leave, because if you remember Uncle Howard threw up in your mouth, you could marry Francis. Uh, why not marry Francis? You like him. He's nice. He seems friendly. He seems cute. Just ignore, like, the house is creepy. You know, it's like, you know, like, whatever. Swipe right. Swipe right. <laughs> <laughs> like look at look, look at Francis. Maybe cute, like all snazzy dresser and everything. Speaks Spanish, you yeah, know. Francis Get, over here, like do, shivering from some. fear, but sure. So they're like, yeah, that's what we're gonna do. So then Francis and Noemi go to Virgil, who forces Noemi to write a letter to her father, saying one, everything is fine, and telling him that she is going to marry Francis and to definitely not come and see her because everything is definitely very fine. Like so. Capital F I N E. So the family thinks that Francis is like keeping tabs on Noemi because, you know, he's in love with her. And they're like, okay, this is working. And Francis is struggling with self doubt because he's like, okay, Noemi, you can escape and you and Catalina can escape. But I'm stuck here because, like, I'm part of the gloom. This is my life. I'm just going to accept my fate. And Noemi's like, Mm. have you considered not accepting your fate? So then they have this like weird, awkward wedding where Howard's not naked this time he's dressed and he forces them to like eat the gloom mushrooms and then they go back into noemi's room where virgil like swivels in his like villain chair and he's like i knew about the tonic all along and i knew you were trying to escape and i knew francis you were weak this whole time and you're like and it's like (gasps) and i'm like well i I mean i guess they do know everything yeah i mean the gloom and the dreams then Virgil right. like tries to assault her for reasons because Virgil's just a straight up villain. I don't know. And just so, a fucking predator. Like he's, he's just oh like uh, like actual detritus. Like yeah. Virgil is the worst motherfucker on the planet. Yeah, like, and he hides I, behind this like veneer of like a regal old European like oh my God. beauty. It's it's very and then emotional manipulation. Like he's always like, Oh, I'm so sorry after he like tells her it's all her fault. It's very this like very hot right. and cold. Ugh. Anyway, so now he's over here just running around being the worst. And Noemi's like, I'm a hundred thousand percent done with this. So everyone in the house <laughs> just has to get out of my way. So she shoves <laughs> Virgil into the dresser. She runs to grab Catalina, who's in a trance. And she's like, Catalina, uh, we got to get out of here. And then the maid Mary tries to choke her <laughs> out because she's possessed <laughs> by the gloom. And everyone's like, Ma- Mary, like what? What's, Mary? <laughs> what's your stake in this? Like, why are you doing all this? But then he, she can't answer because the gloom's taking over her brain. And then Fran. <laughs> Francis manages to pull Mary off of her. 
But then <laughs> everyone's still Loki. I Loki was like, wait, who was Mary? Right, no, truly. Like, I, like, I feel like Mary <laughs> had no screen time. And then was like this pivotal like defense line. And I was like, when did you? Oh my like, God. Was there any characterization before? Anyway. No, but I think that's the point. Like the everyone in the house is almost like protecting the house. It's They're not even thinking for themselves. You know, like fungi mm. are connected. It's almost like they're all just, it's like, you know, your white blood cells. It's just like attacking. Right. So then Francis is like mm. grabbing Mary off of Noemi, but then suddenly Florence pops out like the a sidekick villain that she is, and she's like, Ciao. everybody stop. And then <laughs> And she's strapped, y'all. She got a gun. She's terrified. Yeah, she's ready. Yeah. She's like, Don't yep. don't make me pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Oh, is so. you, is that my son? It is, but you know what? I don't care. So she's like, Noemi, yeah. uh Francis, off we go to see Uncle Howard again who is still clothed this time. But then everyone reveals that Uncle Howard isn't going to transfer into Virgil's body. Oh, no, he's transferring into Francis's body. And everyone's like, wait, what? And they're like, what? What do you mean you're afraid? When when was that in the game plan? And then you, like, flash back to all these times where he kept, like, looking at Noemi, like, longingly about her, like, eugenics and her blood and, like, yada, yada, yada. He was so obsessed with the fact that she was more immune to the bloom. And then everyone's looking at Florence, like, now, I I know this timeline, the the family tree is, like, a little messed up, but if I recall, (laughs) Francis is your child. And Florence, Come on. Is, Florence is like, look, there's nothing we can do. And then Noemi and Francis are like, I mean, there's like 10 to 15 other things we could do. And then Catalina's right. like, yeah, actually, there <laughs> is. I have one of those 10 to 15 things. And she grabs a, a scalpel and stabs Howard multiple times. Yep. And then everyone starts like writhing on the floor. Florence, Howard, oh the God. doctor, who we find out is actually a, a related, a distant cousin. I don't know how distant considering the family tree line, but a D- distant cousin no. and Francis start convulsing, which then you realize, oh, you know, everyone really is connected. Mm-hmm. So they're... There's, there's oh like God. a lot of fighting and then like Florence even though she's convulsing like she goes and grabs Noemi and then Francis shoots her cause, and then they escape so Catalina Noemi and Francis run out of the room I think like Noemi mm-hmm. gets stabbed or stabs someone there's a lot of stabbing going on yeah Um. they also realize that Ruth Ruth didn't actually kill herself but Howard forced her to kill herself with the gloom kind of like um Richard you know everyone with the R names is getting killed by the gloom so right <laughs> Now that's like this weird, like <laughs> almost like hypnosis. It's like it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They just yeah. <sighs> it's crazy. The gloom, y'all. The gloom. Mm, the gloom. Hashtag the gloom. Hashtag. So. But don't don't get involved with the gloom. This is what we said. Stay, remember Otis the pigeon? You know, just do <laughs> what they say. Anyway, so now the three heroes are running for their lives. Otis. <laughs> the <laughs> so they're running through the, through the gloom. The yellow gloom is everywhere. They're running through it. Francis is trying to fight the control. Noemi's been stabbed or shot or something. She's bleeding, and Catalina is still into the trance. You know, they're they're trying to, but they're making it through. And Francis is like, okay, they, all things considered, they are making it, yeah, a lot of progress. They're making their way through. Like, there's, there's servants downstairs, like blocking the entrance. And then Francis is like, okay, there's actually a back room. We can go through like the family crypt in the back. Like no one really goes there except for like Uncle Howard and Florence and Virgil. But let's go. Right. So they start running and they try to escape through this underground tunnel. And the house is literally falling apart as this happened because you know they've they've yeah. shot they've stabbed Howard. So the house is like convulsing. And so right. they get to the crypt and they see that the crypt is covered in mushrooms and the gloom mushrooms. The gloom. The gloom. <laughs> and it turns out that Agnes, <laughs> yes. Agnes, yes, from the the not alive sister to Alice, Agnes is <laughs> in the center of the gloom, just like her whole body covered in mushrooms, and she was the one mm-hmm. who was buried alive by Howard. Because okay, so 
the priest was like able to control people, but also had to like sacrifice himself to the gloom. And Howard was like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to sacrifice to my, my I want to be a human <laughs> and have all these controlling <laughs> powers. But it seems like the mushroom power controlling thing doesn't work without some sort of sentient body that mm-hmm. it can have a symbiotic relationship with. So she mm-hmm. sacrifices his sister Agnes, buries her alive. So the mushrooms like take over her. And so she, her mind is being used as the house. Her mind is controlling everything, the hallucinations, the dreams. It's all, she's the neuro center for the web. And that's why she's called mother on her grave. She's like, you know, it's like the kombucha mothers, you know, like, it's like that. (laughs) (laughs) And I I also want to say too, that like the gloom almost serves as like another afterlife in a way. Like it's like, it has all these like, like when people die, there's like a... It's like they're almost stored there too. Yes, their memories and their thoughts and everything are yeah. like stuck. And so Agnes is in this purgatory. She's been in this purgatory. I'm not. Yeah, Agnes. Ever since she died, mm-hmm. she's been in this like outside of life, outside of death, mushroom house purgatory with this moldy house. And then yeah. everyone's like, "Oh my goodness!" And at this point, Virgil, the villain that he is, strolls up with a cane oh in his God. hand and is like, "Now I know y'all didn't think you could escape my house. I don't know why he's a southern gentleman <laughs> since he's from Europe." But <laughs> <laughs> yes, this accent. <gasps> and so he basically reveals his subplot plan. He was like, "Yeah, Howard's dying. Oh, That's girl. why I let y'all do your little plan." I thought, "Hey, maybe they, let me let Noemi come in here with herself, her badass self, and kill my my father for me, and then I can take <laughs> over the house." And he's like, "Francis, you shall rule as my subordinate." <laughs> and, then, and he's like, "Also, you know, whatever. We got these two ladies here. Everything's good." And Francis is like, "I know that I'm convulsing, but I'm disgusted by everything. <laughs> I just wish you would stop talking." Right. And literally, mind you, they're literally trying to escape, and Virgil's like. <gasps> I bet y'all didn't see me coming and literally like whips out his PowerPoint presentation and like <laughs> unveils like his whole mo- motivation. And we're all like, we didn't, re- he's like, okay, next slide, please. And we're like, we don't Virgil. Why? Yeah. There's can m- we, please, can we okay. <laughs> like, okay. can we just, just get to can, act can three? The crypt? Like, <laughs> just like, what is this? You're just trying to get out. So then, Nomi's like while he's on you know showing his beautiful clip bar she's like you know I think Agnes is really <laughs> suffering and I think she like remembers back to the fire being a weakness so she takes her lighter and she burns Agnes's body which like mm-hmm. starts burning all of the mushrooms all you know the whole house is burning down it's like you know mm-hmm. shrieking in pain the gloom and they like running out you know like they're like ah oh, and Catalina's like ah oh, and Ferris is like ah oh. <laughs> <laughs> And Virgil's not like, uh, because he's, you know, in the house, like, dying. Right. Like, and, and also not Howard, because, you know, Howard's <laughs> dead at this point, pretty much. And so. not Florence either, because she's over there. <laughs> not Mary either, because she not also got, got... We feel bad for <sighs> Mary, but, you know. So then everyone oh, jumps shit. out of the house, and they, like, run down the mountain. Um, and, like, Akko and, like, Marcy are sitting there with uh, the, the doctor who's, like, eating his sandwich. And he's like, I told them. And Marcia shows up, and she's like, I mean, I got some herbs if you guys want some herbs. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and so they quickly sent a message to her father who's gonna show up with like the government because like what is going on here right this house the whole government and they're like we don't (laughs) we said you could live here we didn't say you could start cursing people you know Um, and so while they're waiting for them to come everyone's like okay maybe we should get our story straight and they're like let's not do that let's just say that virgil wild out and burnt down the house and everyone's like okay that's fine like we're we're fine believing that as virgil was a very charming but creepy man but right and then otis the pigeon's like wait but like yes. aren't y'all why are you in a wedding dress mm-hmm. covered in blood yeah. if virgil was the one who yep. went mad and just burned the house mm-hmm. and then everyone's like 
did that pigeon just talk? And then it just like derailed into this whole conversation <laughs> and like didn't really get addressed. Um, <laughs> but whatever, it's fine. It was it, like, it, it's fine. fine. So then Francis and Noemi <laughs> are kind of like, they're, I, I don't know, they're in love. They're like, they're like, whatever. And then Noemi's kind of, and Francis is like, what if I can't actually leave and change? And she's like, look, we'll go to the city. You'll love the city. There's people, there's things to do. And we'll put this behind us. We'll just put it behind us. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll try, we'll literally try to put this behind us. Like, it won't be easy, but let's just do it. And then it was kind of like, she was like, I love Francis, but like, what if one day his eyes get that like weird amber glint that all the people in the gloom have? It's like a slightly haunting, slightly optimistic ending. And that is the end of Mexican Gothic, (laughs) y'all. Yeah. (laughs) You see? Oh, God. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So let's take a break. Yep. Um, and, you know, Tamara and Classy, I'm sure they they have thoughts just like us. Oh, yeah. Um, so let's uh, take a break and then I guess we'll um, talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, see, <laughs> see y'all in a, in a bit. Yeah, maybe listen to this episode in the morning, not like right when you're about yeah. to sleep, you know. Exa- yeah, mm. precisely. Yeah. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes, too. Okay, <laughs> see y'all. Bye. And we're back. And we are. Woo. With our friends. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yes. So after that, oh, very creepy summarization of Ciao. Mexican Gothic. Let's I'm not gonna sleep well tonight. It's right. Fine. Ooh. I I was thinking. Oh. Um, but yeah, what are, what are your guys' general thoughts about the book? How did you feel about it? Just overall thoughts. You know, first off, I kind of thought it was a slow start, you know, high level, but I started mm-hmm. getting into things. I really thought it was very, at, you know, atmospheric. Um, I was feeling like I could have been watching a movie, um, mm. which I totally love when that happens. Uh, I did have some issues with some of it, but ultimately it was horror and I'm not mad at it for being <laughs> what it is. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a very slow start. I thought it was a slow (laughs) middle and a slow ending. Um, Mm. I did not, I didn't enjoy it, to be honest. Mm. And even though it was horror gothic, I was not afraid. Um, maybe creepy, but not afraid. And maybe because I checked out after a while. So it was kind of like, "Eh." Mm. Ghost people on the wall, <laughs> you know. You know, I don't know if you guys have felt like that, but that's how I felt. It's like, come on, come on. But you know, at 50%, I realized what was ha- kind of happening, and I was like, ooh. And then it went down there, it went downhill again. It like oh. it that 50 for me, and then I felt like it went right back to um base level again mm. um may, I, I don't know I, I didn't enjoy it I really mm. I really didn't enjoy it her her writing style was easy it was it was a, mm. uh, a simple easy to understand kind of story but I didn't enjoy it I don't know what else to say that's okay no. I mean yeah. I will chime in when it comes to the discussion but I didn't enjoy the story 
Yeah. Cover yeah. was beautiful. Come on. <laughs> it was. Listen. Yeah, the cover was very beautiful. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that's yeah. part, you know, part of reading is like you just don't enjoy every book you read and some things just don't hit. That's part yeah. of reading. It's good. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Marcy? So I'll say I this book is interesting because I definitely so I definitely agree with the sort of the pacing pieces. I feel like the mm. beginning was pretty slow and, and also we kind of talked about this in part one but it was very cyclical like mm-hmm. it felt like the same thing kept happening but like with noemi wearing different outfits and like the word choice of the conversations being slightly different but it's essentially kind of the same conversations over and over yeah. it also it was interesting because like mm-hmm. i would read this book a lot like at night like right before i went to bed and stuff like that which is like you're Ooh. kind of already in a sort of dream adjacent state and so like i'd be reading it and i'm like is it me is it the book it like what is happening like why do i feel like nothing is like i'm like <laughs> it, it almost felt like i was like in a like taken to another place mm. that being said oh. i kind of i think all things considered i did like it i don't know like I, mm. I i can recognize that there are definitely things with the book that i'm like okay like this could have been better but like i think all things considered it kind of brought up some like interesting things for me and i was like you know i feel like if, to, to showcase kind of what it would be like to live in that house i feel like as like for me, my personal reading experience, I feel like it, it kind of replicated that really well. So I'd say I like it. I got a mm. lot of questions, though. So many <laughs> questions. <laughs> but um, all things, I think, yeah, especially at the end of stuff, I was like, okay, like we're revving up. Okay, it's getting spicy. Okay. Okay. I'm like, I'm along for the ride. <laughs> let, 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 let's see how this ends. But um, but yeah, what did you think, Akko? Yeah, I think I, I, I agree the ending is slow, but I think it is to sort of point out this like very, as you said, cyclical kind of stuck in this like outside of time, weird, Mm. ghostly, gothic-y experience. But I I do Mm -hmm. agree it was a little slow when you don't know what's um, coming up. Mm -hmm. When when the 50, yeah, like you were saying, the 50% mark hit, that when it was when the reveals started happening, that's when I was like, okay, all right, let me just sit down and see what's going on here. You know, like, and it was getting creepy and gross. I was like, this is wild. So in the end, I did like it. I I think it's a really interesting, fantastical conversation about colonialism. Like that's what I was Mm -hmm. getting from it. And, and I really thought it was an interesting exploration of that. Um, so I got excited by the end. So I was like, okay, yeah, this is creepy and interesting. I, I, I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. The, yeah, I did agree. I will agree with the colonialism and the eugenics, you know, mm. yeah. trying to create this perfect uh, race or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I did I did get that. But the cyclicalness of it and the, the mm-hmm. you know, the constant word, cho- you know, it was like she could, I felt like she could have used different, different words. Like, oh, like, interesting. Yeah, I don't know how many times I could have heard dream, mushrooms, mold. You know, it, it was just it was just the same thing, and I just I really did. I struggled with. It. But that's what a haunted house is when you like think about it. Like we just talked about, like if we were in a haunted house, would it be the same thing every day? Would it be the same type right. of things coming at you? The same dreams, the same ghost, the same conversations. Mm. I feel like that's almost what a haunted house is, like on repeat. Uh, you just can't get out of it. Exactly. That's true. That's true. But also, 
Monster Class, you just, I mean, I feel like it's like because the three of us liked it. You can still hate it. There are books me and Marcy read that I'm like, I love this book. And Marcy's like, I don't. And vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do. Yeah. And this is why I enjoy book club is because I can always get a different mm-hmm. point of view or see something that I didn't see before. You know, mm. so um, and there has been times where my point of view has changed either for higher or lower. So mm. who's to say by the end? <laughs> but um, but I did. I just did feel like, you know, and like you said, in a haunted house, maybe I will get these same creepy dreams or mm. maybe they will progress. But I wasn't that creeped out. And, and, and this is the funny thing. This is the reason why I don't read horror. Or that because okay. I was because I was like, oh, I'm going to be so afraid. And I read this and I'm like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I was not I, did, I wasn't afraid to sleep with the lights on. You know, I mean, I wasn't afraid to sleep with the lights off or, mm-hmm. you know, none of these things. And I'm like, OK, I am with you, Classy, on not being. I'm not being afraid. I'm right with you. I was not scared, mm-hmm. but I was like, I found it creepy. Yeah. And I found mm-hmm. it kind of gross at times. Oh my god. And um but I wasn't like, ooh, oh my gosh, turn sleep with the lights on. I was not scared in that way. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was almost, it felt very haunting like um yeah. like oh, I can feel the anxiety of what they're going through. It it won't make mm-hmm. me yeah, like I like closed my Kindle. I was like, "Well, time to go to bed." But like uh, <laughs> when I was reading it, <laughs> yeah. It, it was it, atmospheric, like she said. It was very, yes. she did set that up between the dampness. I could feel mm-hmm. the dampness and the darkness and the, you know, it was always cold in there and he had all these lamps. She yeah. did set the mood, yeah. you know, and then um, Naomi's ride up to the house. It just reminded me of, the, you know, like trugging on up that big hill in the car to get to yeah. her cousin. Right. So, yeah, it, I did have those feels. Mm. Yeah. So then, my question is: How did you guys feel about the role of women in this story? Because there's that's basically kind of the focus of the story, and I think they play this really interesting as sort of like you know Howard Doyle needs the woman to to sort of have his empire, but he's also Mm. using them. And I was like, oh wow, this is really interesting. And then the way that Ruth kind of rebels, not just in the fact that she falls in love with Benito, who isn't related to Howard, and therefore Howard wouldn't be able to carry on his little creepy body transfer technique. <laughs> like um, what? But also, you know, Ruth making decisions on her own and and sort of loosening, but not entirely freeing everyone. I just thought that the role of women and the generational relationship was really interesting. Well, I think the women and the men honestly everyone was brainwashed it was like a cult Mm -hmm. they're all brainwashed and he used the women abused the women um raped the women it's like all the above and they were Mm -hmm. happily to serve because that is what they were supposed to do for the god in their opinion so Mm -hmm. i i don't know i just felt like and that is honestly one of the reasons i think why i liked um knowing me so much is because She's so strong minded. Yeah, she can mm-hmm. be a little mean. She can talk a little smack, but like <laughs> it took a lot for that house to kind of take her down. You know what I mean? Because she's yeah. like, I'm not going to roll over <laughs> and just, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to run either because I don't lose. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I really liked that and how she brought the strength and even her cousin, like, you know, she was like low key fighting that the whole time. Right. So, mm-hmm. 
I don't know. That's like the light in the dark, I guess, the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so interesting because I even think about it too when it's like, I want to say like Catalina and Noemi were the only like, like Mexican, like I guess ethnically like Mexican people like in the house. Like mm. everyone else was like from, like did they all pretty much come from England essentially? Yeah. Yeah, so it was interesting how it's kind of like... Only other Mexicans were the ones buried somewhere near. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like in the in the cemetery, right. But um, but yeah, so it's just interesting how there was like always this weird... Like I always sound like it was so jarring reading how, for example, Howard would be like, oh my God, like Noemi's so like quote unquote exotic and like all this other shit. And I'm just like, bro, you live in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Like why are you sitting here <laughs> fetishizing the people who already live here? Like you, girl, you're not even from here. Like how are you sitting here fetishizing folks? Like it's like... There was like a like a certain ownership in and I guess like how kind of how he saw people, but it was also interesting too how like, you know, they the you know, they weren't English and like they came in and they were like, Oh, like we're actually just gonna disrupt this com- like all together. Right. Like you actually cannot just completely exercise control over us in the same way that you might have predicted in the past just based on your previous experience. So yeah, but it was like but as far as women are concerned, I think yeah, it was like there was definitely in general, like in the house, like it was like women had like a very specific purpose. But um the sort of like subservience and like kind of expected obedience above anything else. I mean, I feel like aside from maybe Virgil, like kind of everyone sort of was held to that sort of standard. Or maybe actually I'm not sure oh, how, what it was like with Richard either. But yeah, it did feel like everyone was kind of forced to like just keep their head down and just kind of like follow anything that Howard mm-hmm. said in this like kind of unquestioned way. Yeah. But it was also very like, yeah, it almost like, um, trying to, I'm trying to find the right word, but yeah, it was just like, Oh, we need y'all to like reproduce. It's like, you see me as right. like a vesicle to like reproduce. You don't see me really as a person first. You see me as like a thing that can make more people, <laughs> you know, like that's, right. I, I feel like that was kind of the general sentiment. Um, so. Or things it, to eat, or babies yeah. to eat, right. Ooh, which is yeah. unnecessary. Which is it's gross. not like there's not food in the town. Like you're there like, was food. Yeah. You, there's no need to eat people. It, but yeah, but it made me wonder about this. You know, why does Howard Doyle have this need to live forever? Like to to he to the point that he'll give up his own kin. Like it seems like nothing is as important as his continued existence and i was like what a guy complex yeah a guy complex um and as and at that 50 percent mark that's when i can't remember one of his wives had the baby that was stillborn basically Mm. and they breathed in that child's dust and you know i mean it was something or whatever it gave off and tamra that's when i had kind of text you and said, what does this remind you of? It reminds me of Dr. Yeah, Sleep. Dr. Sleep, yep. Yeah, from Stephen <laughs> King, where they got strength from um, younger people mm. that had more powers and hear this child who didn't make it. And I mean, and that's what I kind of got, like, um, when babies are born, the placenta is very strong. And some people keep the placenta mm. for other things. And when here you have this blob, because it was a blob. There was no features. And they were like, mm-hmm. weren't they breathing in the dust? I mean, yeah. yeah. Don't yeah. I mean, if I'm wrong, please correct me. Cause... Uh, yes, they did, but I thought they ate it too. <laughs> yeah, that too. But you know, yeah. and it was just like they were getting the strength from this newborn. And I think the stronger 
the um, the youth was, the stronger Howard became. Mm. Didn't they say that? that he wanted to keep living and he would be, he would get stronger. And here you have a baby who didn't even survive. So right. he had, a, you know, they already thought of him as a god. So he has this god complex, um, and he wants to continue on with his uh, his race or his perfect race as you guys said, colonialism, eugenics. But my thing is like, so you, it does, it goes right back to colonialism. Yeah, you don't want us really, you only want us to mix with your race and then it becomes the perfect race. Right. Um, But the women were very, I I liked Noemi for her strength. Um, I liked Ruth for her strength. And I did like the fact that out of all the people in that house, Ruth connected with mm. Noemi, you know, because um, I don't even think she talked to Cat- Catalina from what we've heard. Oh. I mean, it was a third person point of view, so I'm not sure. But Noemi mm. kept saying there's ghosts in here. So we never really heard, you know, her side. But they could hear her. They knew everything. But Ruth basically came to Noemi and said, open your eyes. Yeah. So I think they were like a kindred spirit. I did mm. see that part. You hear you have these two strong women. And, you know, she kept telling, open your eyes, open your eyes. But she didn't right. know what that meant the first time, mm-hmm. you know, like when she was having these dreams. So women, we are the foundation. Without us, you cannot get what you want, men. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, true. You know, so you do need us, but in the same time, they use that power. Right. Yeah. They're going to put us in our place. And mm-hmm. Naomi and Ruth said, no. She right. said, I didn't, I don't feel sorry for it. And I would do it again if I had to. Mm-hmm. Which goes so kind of more. back to Oko's uh, um, question with, you know, would you do it? Would you live in a haunted house with right. your family? And she refused, refused, like, I'm not sleeping with my family. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. That's, that's <laughs> it. Y'all nasty. <laughs> they now, are hold on now. We didn't nasty. say that was the requirement. If that was the requirement. No, no, but I'm just saying. That's <laughs> no. no, no, no. Don't you want mm-hmm. oh, No, boy. but I'm just saying, mm-hmm. you know, but that's what Ruth was saying. No, right. mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That, yeah. That's a no-go. Yeah. But you know, for Ruth, she was just like, No, I love this person. And mm-hmm. and no, and I'm not going along with your antics. Which right. I'm like, like you good inbreeding is not always good either. I feel like Ruth's motives were good and also unfortunate because it took her being in love with someone else to figure out, oh, this isn't the best thing to be. Mm-hmm. She couldn't see that for herself. As an individual, she had to fall in love with someone outside of the circle. But you see, I think that's what's so powerful about like the oppressive class or white supremacy in America or wherever is that it is it's it it is all encompassing. It's it's you know I I, I want to say epistemological again, but I feel like one day the listeners will be like, <laughs> find out how many times Akko says epistemological. <laughs> But yeah. right, it's all encompassing. It affects the way you think, and you see that with Francis, where he's like, "Oh no, I can't leave. I'm stuck here. You guys can go, but I'm I'm stuck." And and empires are so coercive. Like the house itself mm-hmm. reminded me of just like the British Empire falling apart on itself, while well, it mm-hmm. still will not allow itself to change. And it's just and it consumes the youth, right? It consumes them. And it if you think of racism and all these like hatred ideas, you like you do pass them on and almost like infect your 
can with this idea so that they can't live their own life. They're just living your ideas and the, you know, pressed on through future. And the, the trade off is they get a creepy house with some mushrooms, but yeah. Yeah. And I know in this book they did, um, you know, I guess the Howard and everybody, they, they insisted you can't really leave. Uh, not only mm-hmm. just leave to leave, you can't even go to town. You can't do anything. Mm-hmm. So they don't want them yeah. seeing any other examples of people living any other ways. So, right. It just makes me think about like, what was Howard doing like 300 years ago? Cause like, cause kind of going back to what y'all were saying, it's like, it's like you're doing all of the, you're doing so much to stay alive, but like your reign is so small. It's mm. like you control the people in this house and that's pretty much it. Or I guess you also kind of influence what's going on in the town, but like for the most part, it's kind of like, you know, it's a very concentrated setting as far as your power. So it's like, what were you doing that made you think that, oh, like I have to remain alive forever to keep doing this shit? Mm, like, right. what? Like, it's <laughs> so like, like you uh, write books, you know? You know, pass on because I mean, you did have some deflectors. So, yeah. you know, and, and I mean, even though this is fiction, like you, she was saying with the empire, it does happen. I mean, uh, as you were speaking, I go, I, I uh, saw a woman on, I think it was CNN or the view or whatever. Mm. And she was um, a QAnon believer. Ooh. And she had mentioned that she, you know, when Biden was um, elected, she thought the world was going to end and blah, blah, blah. And then she realized that she had been raised a Republican and didn't try to figure out any other view. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm not trying to make this political, but, she, you know, she said this is what she was raised as. And she didn't know mm-hmm. any other thing but to be a Republican and all Democrats were bad. And, and then her eyes started opening because, you know, she realized nothing happened. And then uh, she just, you know, she deflected from it. Right. And her eyes were mm-hmm. open. And then I think of um, um, Meghan Markle and, and, and mm-hmm. Prince, you know, those, you know, all this time, you know, he he did what the, the royal family told him to do. Right. And then for love, he realized and not just love outside of his race. Mm-hmm. He, decided, he realized these people probably have been racist all their lives, but now I'm really beginning to see it mm-hmm. against mm-hmm. the woman that I love. And I'm going to choose love over this empire or what else, you know, yeah. these riches yeah, or what true. I'm supposed to be promised yeah. and, and left. So again, you know, listening to you guys talk, I'm telling you, my damn rating is probably going to change. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the real mm. world example, I didn't even think about it, but that's a really good real world example. Like Harry and, and Meghan Merkel, especially if you think about, you know, the circumstances of Princess Diana's life and her death and how progressive mm-hmm. she was. And and there was a line Harry said where he was like, I, I feel like what's happening to my mom, what happened to my mom is about to happen again. And I can't let that happen again. And it feels very much mm-hmm. like Francis, you know, whose dad is is killed suicide i don't know sounds like uncle howard had a part to play right but but yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's to see it we don't think of how there's a haunting horror in that royal family scenario even though there's a very obvious tragedy there yeah oh that almost makes real life a little more creepy yeah Yeah. i mean think about the kennedys you know they had that that little thing where they believe their family is cursed you know everyone yeah 
has passed away, unfortunately, somehow, some way. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Switching gears a little bit, um, what did y'all think about this romance between oh. Noemi and Francis? Because I wasn't a fan. Um, so I kind of wanted to get y'all's mm. perspective. It's so cute. I thought it was cute. Um, I liked how he almost changed her perspective a little bit. Like she's very, mm, these boys, they don't know what's up. I'm not going to talk to this guy for too long. I'm not going to talk to that guy for too long. I'm not doing mm-hmm. this. But when he came around, she like settled, like her tone settled down. She kind of, I feel like she changed a little bit in Francis's company. And I'm not, I didn't exactly get exactly when she started liking him, but suddenly it seemed like she did. And I was like, okay, I buy it. I don't know why. I just do. And I thought they balanced each other and I wasn't mad at it at all. I mean, I'm not like, you know, um, no Amy and Francis forever. Yay. But, you know, <laughs> I think they're cute. I still think it's cute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just liked it. Um, it just gelled for me and it made sense to me, even though it's odd. It's an odd relationship. But, yeah. Uh, I felt like... Um... Moreno Garcia, the author, um, constantly talked about how um, attractive Virgil, was it Virgil or, mm-hmm. and Noemi was and how ugly, you know, in my opinion, that Francis was, you know, he didn't have a top lip, he didn't, you know, and so it was almost as if she kind of was trying to set it up to show us, you know, these two polar opposites and they would never get together. And Noemi was uh, like a debutante. So she was used mm. to, to guys with money. I think the guy Hugo, she was like, I'm so, I like Hugo type. And she, and Virgil was basically her type. Um, but here you have this guy who um, is, like you said, a, a polar opposite, somebody you wouldn't even think would get that type of girl. Uh Oh, um, you know, get that girl because she she's highbrow and he's not. Mm. And um, the romance, it, it wasn't really like a big romance, but it was like a slow burn where he was winning her over without trying to win her over. Mm-hmm. He won her over because of who he was. And um, he was like the only one telling her the truth. He was the only, you know, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes that's how love can start as a friendship. And Mm. I did like that, Mm -hmm. that it started off as I'm going to be here for you. um, Just kind of the way it out a little bit. And, Mm. and they grew to, you know, like each other. So, and she kind of knew he was different compared to everybody else, but it wasn't like um, an insta love. It wasn't a meet cute or anything like that. that No. traditional way it was yeah it, it was like some adult that. love it was like some true yeah. adult love like this dude i think i could be with him mm-hmm. <laughs> i think we can we can uh be married for a couple years because see he's pretty solid mm. that's an interesting so i so honestly i think i'm like a little bit closer to you on this because i i liked i I liked Francis. I didn't want to like him. At first I was like, no, 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 don't, don't. This I don't know about this. They they got mushrooms everywhere, you know, they're ghosts, you know. <laughs> Y'all nasty. You're marrying a kombucha farm or something. I was like, I don't know about all this. But but he, he did have a charm and sort of a desire to leave and of an, an honesty that was very compelling. 
But then I thought to myself, there's two things that made me think. I thought, does this work when they leave? Is this a, are they mm. bonding because of the trauma of the event? And so when they leave to go back to the city with Francis, who doesn't know really anything about living outside of, you know, the high house or high heaven or high, a high place, the high place, <laughs> the, fo- the fog place. Um, but if, <laughs> does that work once they're not there anymore? And then there was that line at the end where Noemi was like, maybe the little amber glint in his eye will come back in the future. Mm. And, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, y'all. Like, you love each other. You Maybe you do. Maybe this will work. But I was like, but yeah. I don't know. What Are we going to all of a sudden, you know, high places back, two generations down, everyone's, yeah. you know, do we, is the sequel that Noemi is actually the, the mushroom lady, you know? Ooh. <laughs> Oh my god! Like the new Agnes, mm-hmm. like the new Agnes. No, yes. <laughs> but you're, you know, that is a good point, Akko, because she's again in women's fashion. Maybe I can save him, or maybe it will come back, and that's mm-hmm. not a guarantee. Mm-hmm. But again, for that moment that they had, he was, you know, there for her. But yeah. I can't see like for the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's same for. Same for what you were saying, Akko, about like maybe if it was just them being bound together by the stress of the situation, which also I'm okay with. I mean, mm. they mm. are friends and they feel something for each other, maybe love. And if that fades, if they separate after, I think not everything, and I always say this, not every book has a happily ever after and it doesn't need one. Mm-hmm. Not every book needs to have a couple skipping off into the sunset. So it's kind of left for us to figure out what mm-hmm. we think happened right. to them. And it's okay yeah. either way for me. I'm not mad uh, either way. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's how I was. That's yeah. how I felt as well, that it worked for that moment. And in that mm-hmm. situation, that's what, Naomi needed. Right. Mm. And Francis too, because he got, yeah. you know. And you're that right. Is, they did he say, got a little backbone. He got a little backbone. Yeah. <laughs> this is so interesting because I was so. Because, yeah, I, I, I kind of had the same, I guess, hesitation as Akko, like, as far as, like, oh, this seems like kind of like a matter of circumstance, mm-hmm. like, you know, all of that. And also, too, I was think I just could not get out of my mind when, like, you know, they had the dinner. You know, and they he went to go that, see Howard, yes, and he let Howard Ugh. do let horrible shit to her, and I, and he was like, "I'm sorry," and I'm like, "I this just feels like, like I get it, like you're nervous or whatever, mm-hmm. but like you just cannot let shit like this happen to people that you care about, and like mm-hmm. the fact that he kind of was withholding this sort of information the whole time about the circumstances that they were in. I was like, Francis, you coming in mad late with this information. Like, mm. you've known from the start that they've been lacing your food, doing all the shit, and, mm-hmm. like, you just let it happen. Like, I was just like, I like, that's the part where I was like, okay, the fact that y'all are kind of working jointly to escape the house, that's fine. I don't really find issue with that. But the, I guess the romantic progression, I was like do y'all need to be together? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like y'all could just dap each other up and be like, we made it out. And Go us. <laughs> throw up the deuce and call it a day. Like, nice knowing fun? you. <laughs> right. yes. When you start thinking about it, you, you know, no. um, when you start thinking about it, like what you said, Marcy, like seriously, Francis isn't that good of a person. He sat no. around and let that happen to Catalina. He let it happen. Mm-hmm. Right. He's oh, probably seen it happen before. And he's participated, even though he might not be the one, sir, you know, making the food with the poison. He's mm-hmm. not right. stopping anything. So right. 
you know, yeah, he's not a goody two shoes in this, but maybe there was something in, you know, Noemi that changed him, that made him feel like he didn't want that to happen to her. But overall, yeah, he's not that that great of a person. And he did, you know, kind of hold back things. And maybe Mm -hmm. that's because he wasn't sure if he just wanted to help her escape, but not like trash his family or not Mm -hmm. take his family down, but still help her. You know what I mean? So he was walking that fine line. But that's a cult. You know, once you're, mm-hmm. yeah. you mentioned at the beginning, brainwashed. But then no, Noemi had something in her that made him think, you know what? And she was strong. Catalina wasn't as strong. She was a dreamer. But I feel like Catalina was strong in a different way. She yeah. was. It was, yeah. Like was. Yeah, but I think Francis probably, and he, he was like, that's, that's Virgil's wife, not mine. <laughs> he was like, whatever. But yeah, mm-hmm. she was strong in a different way because she, you know, she wrote the letter. She mm-hmm. was trying to throw mm-hmm. hints without being discovered. But Because too, like, for Catalina, like, she came, there's nobody, like, when Noemi came up, like, she already knows something's wrong with Catalina. So it's, you mm-hmm. can kind of guard your mind a little more. When Catalina comes up, she's in love with Virgil, you know, mm-hmm. the high Virgil. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, you first have to disenchant yourself. Like you're saying, she's a dreamer. Yeah. Like, disenchant yourself. And then realize, oh, I'm not just disenchanted into a normal life. I'm <laughs> disenchanted into a horror story. Like, the gloom and shit. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what mm-hmm. Virgil said, that she had this vision of uh, like a, a Cinderella, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, she was in, uh, into the what the Bronte sisters and the Jane Eyre right. and all those mm-hmm. kind of things. And she thought she was going to have that. And she did. But mm-hmm. on another level at a cost. Yeah. And also, was it just me or. Did Francis kind of seem like he wasn't really trying to have Catalina escape like that? Like, it seemed mm. like when it, when the idea was first proposed, like when Noemi was like, Catalina got to come too, he was like, like, he, like I, I was getting that kind of energy. Like, I was like, did you suck your teeth at the idea of Catalina? Also? Getting out as well? Like, how are you? <laughs> like, I get you it. You are right, like, Marcy. It's, it's more right. labor, but like, I was like, I know you did not just suck your teeth. At, like, I'm just going to leave my cousin here. Girl, you are what? right. So I'm like Francis. Oh my god! I I feel like Francis is like because and two he was like I was just gonna become the doctor. Like he was thinking about really himself. You know he was gonna because the doctor was like oh yeah distant Mm -hmm. cousin. He was like that was the place. And Noemi was like wait you were gonna just let this keep happening. He was like yeah it was gonna be. But I also think that (laughs) there is no the only person who showed like love and affection in a normal way was his father, Richard, who was killed by, you know what I mean? Like Francis is living Mm -hmm. in this, this traumatic state of like, of this cyclical life. I don't think he thinks there's anything else. And anyone who tries to do anything Mm -hmm. else, you know, dies. Um, I think, so I'm not saying that Francis is right. I mean, he's wrong for trying to leave Catalina. (laughs) And he's seen things. Exactly. And, and I, and I think it's, I think we we think this is different from whiteness when it's not. I, I There's a lot of, mm. a lot of white supremacy exists in this because people are too afraid of the consequences of fighting against it. Like, you know, if you think yeah. back to like slave times and it's like, well, if you free your slaves, you know, what are people going to do to you? You know, in the civil rights, if you go help people, what are people going to say to you? All of a sudden you're isolated. Um, even mm-hmm. as recently as that, like Republican senator who voted to impeach Trump, and then they wrote that family wrote a letter, like uh, um, mm-hmm. this. This what's it called? What do you do when you disenchant? When you just dis- this 
this you know he he got kicked out of the family he he's they disowned him they disowned him yeah they did yeah they had uh, I think it was Adam Kinzinger or one of them I know Adam mm-hmm. Kinzinger's family they they called him out and so yeah once you get used to a certain thing it's hard to break it's hard to break free from toxic toxic mm-hmm. family structures yeah. I won't call mm-hmm. people toxic because it's a it's a personality it's a you know it's not just a person it's just you know the structure or the way yeah. you know or the the way things are this is the way we've been doing it all our right. life you know like religion you know mm-hmm. it, those it's certain things that once it's been embedded in you or it's hard to get away from it and that's what mm-hmm. i did see with francis mm-hmm. and he he probably was just thinking i just got to get out of here i don't know who i'm taking with me um you know this i am not harriet tubman <laughs> i am just i am by myself and Goodbye. I, I, right. <laughs> you know i'm somebody might slow me down and naomi i know you're strong catalina that's the third wheel mm-hmm. <laughs> no no and that's what's like i don't know this is what i love about like when you think of like poc narratives just like the fact that it's like no family is important like i don't i'm not leaving catalina like we get out of this together or we don't get it. and that strength right is what this even in the story that the family does not have you know howard's not trying to protect his well, he's aggressively not trying to protect any of his oh. children you right. know he doesn't care about his brother. He doesn't care about his cousins. But between them, mm-hmm. Catalina and um, Noemi, and then even Ruth, and uh, you know, like all of them working and the community. Like Ruth doesn't have to be telling Noemi to keep her eyes open. She could just be like, "Well, another person to join the the mushroom fold." Right. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else to creep out the wallpaper. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Oh mm. gosh! And we read yeah, another true. story before Tamara about creepy wallpaper. Yeah, <laughs> some Riley Sager. There's been a couple of, yeah. and that too, Tamara. I was going to ask you about. Uh, did you get some Riley Sager, um, Home After Dark, and another one of the books? I don't know if you guys read some Riley, but mm. he, he kind of has a few of those feels. Mm. Yeah, when he tries to get scary, um, but that also just brings up like <laughs> I guess there are some themes that show up again. And again, in horror, like when people try to write horror, I mean, Mm. well, I I say try because I think Riley failed. But (laughs) but in this case, it was horror, in my opinion. But but yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, yeah. Well, honestly, I'm just glad that Catalina got her vengeance at the end. I feel like yeah. it was like WWE. Like Catalina was taking down <laughs> everybody. <laughs> took down Howard, took down Virgil. Like literally like I'm just glad that she was the MVP at the end, honestly. Um, and I will say I thought that it was going to take more for Howard to like be taken down. Like I thought I was going to. I mean, but I guess Ruth did shoot him all those years before. So he was already kind of. Weeping, right. But yeah, he kind of just like went down. And I was like. And, and, and it kind of goes back to Akko's point in a bit. It's like, y'all are so afraid of this person. And it's like, he's literally like went down relatively easily. It's mm. like, it just took someone to like express dissent and be like, actually, no, actually you do have me fucked up. Actually, no, we're not going to continue this. Mm-hmm. And then like, mm-hmm. he couldn't really do anything. It's like all the manipulation. It's like, I mean, at the end of the day, he can't force you to do anything really he can just kind of like manipulate you but mm-hmm. you still have some degree of agency even if it's not always like recognizable in the moment so yeah very mm-hmm. symbolic of just like society 
And yeah, just you know. going against the system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think the that's I feel like that's why Bob Marley's like emancipate yourself from mental slavery because I feel like your mind mm. fear of the system, fear of people, that limitation that usually happens when we're really young, it sticks with mm-hmm. us. You know, it it makes monsters that we feel we can't defeat. Yeah. yeah, it does. I mean, because when you literally think about Howard, he is in a bed. He's so gross. He can't Ugh, chase you. Man, so right, gross. right. So Fuck. what? I, I'd run up, stab his butt, and then just take <laughs> off. What are you going to do? You can't catch me. Um, but you know, it's all in the mind. You like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't get away. He's gonna, you know. So, ugh, that is but he had me. that fear over <laughs> them you know he was you know i mean when you think how old he was or whatever that alone for a child is creepy and scary right. so yeah and then virgil you know virgil he wants that power that's his motive you know he wants to become as powerful as howard in his heyday and so you're like oh virgil you're not afraid you're um opportunistic like yeah you're you're willing to play this game until you can you know, be the mushroom king or whatever. (laughs) You're literally, I'm like, Howard at any moment is like dripping black sludge and you're like, yes, Howard. (laughs) That is what I aspire to be. This is what? Gross. A mess. Anyway, let me know. Howard is so damn nasty. Yeah. 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 I mean, there was some scenes I was just like, I think I just, in my own, Yeah. Had to almost that throw the scene book away. where they like, dragged Noemi in there and they like get on your knees and I was like oh my <laughs> oh, gosh no. what are they gonna do and yeah. he dribbles all that oh, gook god. in her mouth I'm like oh gosh that yeah. is so gross I'm sorry Ooh. yeah you <laughs> can't was, take it that yeah was. that was gory and then Virgil you're looking at yeah. them and like this is I this is what I want for my future <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. what the fuck yeah <laughs> nothing else this is what okay. <laughs> It's like, this is it. Uh, you don't want to go to college. You don't want to read a book. This is it. Right. Virgil's like, I cracked the code. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, yikes. Um, yikes. All right, Marcy, I did want to say, though, to your point about Florence, <laughs> just because I'm uh, not Florence. Uh, Florence, I'm, I have, I'm confused about Florence. But Francis, I yeah, don't think do. it doesn't make him a villain. Because in our weaknesses, in our cowardice, we, we let so many terrible things happen. Doesn't, it doesn't make us not villainous. You know what I mean? Like, mm. It just means that all of us could be villains in the moments of weakness and, and fear. So I don't want to say that Francis isn't as bad as he, you know, like I agree that he's, he's bad, but he, he changed. Mm-hmm. He's reformed, yeah. you know? Right. Anyway. Yeah. So I just hope that, you know, the next day after all this, when the police are like, hey, What's up? They got their story together. <laughs> I hope everyone knows what they're going to say. And two, I hope that they can just kind of transition out of all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say one thing I, I also wanted to mention was I kind of liked how Noemi was kind of characterized at the end. Like, because, uh, you know, at the very beginning, she was like so bright and like, you know, had these fun outfits and was just like super, you know, just like the light, like the light of the room. And like by the end, she was, you could tell she was like, she's like girl i need a minute like mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just like a lot and like it's just i liked how it's kind of like you know there was a line i i, I didn't write it down unfortunately but it's something to the effect of like you know she can get back to like kind of her i guess her usual self but it's just gonna take practice she's gonna mm-hmm. have to practice that yeah. kind of like you know like those mental patterns and those affirmations or the mm-hmm. ways in which she kind of existed in her own body beforehand but it's not something that's completely lost she'll just have to like try a little bit harder and i kind of like that because i was mm-hmm. like oh I, I feel like i can really relate to feeling sometimes like not like myself or wanting to kind of get to a more aligned state 
And sometimes it feels like, oh, well, guess I'm just this person now. And it's like, I mean, not saying you need to always aspire to be who you once were, but like, if you want to find alignment, it's like, you know, it just takes some time. Sometimes mm-hmm. we go through some shit that kind of makes us have to like, mm-hmm. you know, gather ourselves, but you know, it's not, it's like, we haven't lost who we are. So right. yeah, I was like, so I, I feel like this is a good, this is a be- beautiful message that I'm really glad existed in the book. So yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's like she went through hell. She got through the other side and now she just mm-hmm. like self-love. She knows it's just going to take a minute to get back exactly. to what she was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like, like the, us mm. in this pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we, hit, we, hit, we get hit with tragedy. It does change us. Mm. Yeah. It can either change us for the better or the worse. And for us to get back to where we were pre-COVID, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it does take. It's going to take some time yeah. and some reevaluation. Yeah, because and I want to piggyback off of. Uh, what Marcy said, you know, I, I remember one of the scenes where she had, you know, she was in some flats in a in a in a, in a little skirt. She she did. She kind of like dressed mm. down, and that yeah. was the part where with um, Garcia's writing where you saw that transformation mm. of her. It was kind of like okay, I think it, it was kind of to me. It was like okay, I'm had to get dirty. Mm. <laughs> you know, it, it's time for me to get in the trenches. Let right. me take off the heels. Put on some flats. <laughs> yeah. Vaseline on my face. Mm. Right. Right. Yeah. But I also think that it there's for me it felt like you can't get out of an oppressive situation unscathed. Like it, it hurts yeah. because you're like, oh no, that's how powerful this thing is. You're never gonna get out unscathed, even if you revolt against it. Um and and there the habitualness of the the practice of the oppressor and then she's basically saying i have to practice joy i have to practice this revolutionary state right. of happiness and and then you realize you know how much power comes from routine from not breaking out of these things from the mundane everydayness of yeah whether it's the yeah. mundaneness of like being a socialite in town and like that mm-hmm. builds up Noemi's character that way or being Francis mm-hmm. and being in this haunted, we got to clean the silvers and not smoke. And, you know, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. <sighs> well, wow. what a tale. What a tale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, I didn't really have any other pressing thoughts. I'm not sure if you all had anything else. I just think they should listen to Marta. She said, "Come on, Marta knew from the very mm-hmm. beginning. She was like, don't, 'Don't go back to that house. Don't, don't, do, <laughs> don't it. do it.' Noemi's like, no. 'This is me going back to the house.' And I'm like, 'Okay, Noemi, <laughs> see you in like 200 pages. Right, right. When you're house. still there. <laughs> Shit. Um. <laughs> Can you imagine when she came back in this wedding house, like covered in blood, and Marta was like just flipping through the magazine, like she's reading Essence or something, and she's like, 'I told y'all not to go back up there.' <laughs> like, oh my god, she's like, 'Told you, told you twice, but should have listened.'" Shit. But do you have one of those cigarettes, though? Wow. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> no, Marta is always about the business. I love also, love I also love the anachronism of Marta reading Essence magazine in the 1950s in Mexico. <laughs> 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 I like didn't even hear that the first time. I was like, "Wait, hold up, Essence." <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, but yeah but I guess like, do folks have like any yeah, just like closing thoughts or like mm-hmm. change opinions maybe of the book or anything like that? <gasps> 
Yeah, we don't do ratings because we kind of feel like you can just feel however, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I liked it. Like at the beginning, I my, my feelings haven't changed. I, I enjoyed it, but it's not mm. one high on my recommended list mm. um, unless I know someone that specifically likes this type of book, then I would recommend it to them. But this is, mm. you know, and, and again, people need to be aware of like some trigger warnings and things like that oh, for definitely. this book. Yep, yep. And um, yeah, with, so with that said, I liked it, but it's not for everyone. And mm. uh, yeah, you'll know if it's for you. <laughs> you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. Um, I, I would say I, I probably, my views did change a little bit after uh, talking over with everyone um, with some of the themes. Um, so my view has changed. Again, it's probably not high on my recommendation list, but mm-hmm. it, it has changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's real. Yeah, I would basically say the same thing. Right. You know, no need to like <laughs> repeat everything. But yeah, like still very much. I, I'm like, I, I enjoy for the discussion. I enjoy for the commentary on colonialism and things like that. I would kind of, if there was like a short story in the future that's like, hey, this is annoying me like five years from now, I would absolutely read it. Mm. I, I, yeah, I wanted to kind of see a little bit more at the end, um, just kind of their lives post, you know, high place. But yeah, I would recommend it, you know. But again, with the caveat of like, yeah, this is not, it's some serious shit in this book. So mm-hmm. take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I think I agree. I echo what Marcy says. I also, yeah, I think in five years, I want to know if it's a creepy or a happy ending. Anyway. Yeah. And I, I do like the way it played with with the fairy tale. Because at the beginning, they talked a lot about happy fairy tales. And the ending was far mm. more realistic. So, right. yeah. I'll recommend. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah, a Halloween. I love a realistic I ending. <laughs> I love a realistic <laughs> ending. I do. I, I always get kind of mad when it's like a really serious story. Or sometimes it just doesn't seem like things should work out. And then they have this couple skipping off into the sunset at the end. I'm like, that doesn't make right. any sense. Like, right. what are you doing? <laughs> There's stuff to deal with. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. This is not Disney. Mm-hmm. All right. right, y'all. We'll tell our listeners one more time about Shelf Addiction so they can go listen to your show. Yeah. All right. You can find <laughs> Shelf Addiction on basically every single podcasting platform. Wherever you are listening, you can find us. If you want direct links, go to shelfaddiction.com and um, go to the, uh, what is it? This follow us tab or something. You'll see it. It's very obvious because, you know, I have all the arrows. Sign here. Sign here. Sign up here. Sign here. <laughs> so you'll find Beautiful. it. And uh, hopefully you can join us in Shelf Addiction Official on Facebook and talk in a private group setting with us. So check us out over there, too. Woo! Mm. Yes, y'all check them out. And if you want to check out the Color Pages book club, you can check us out on Twitter (laughs) at the Color Pages or Instagram at these Color Pages. We have a link tree there that you can see what books we're reading next. Woo! Mm -hmm. And then we have a lovely email. If you're like, man, shelf addiction is the best. Y'all need to have them on all the time. Let us know in these Color Pages at gmail.com as well as following them. You know, you want to think of their best. Just go follow them. (laughs) And then, <laughs> yeah, just check us out. We also have a website, thesecolorpages.com. Woo. Yeah. And, you know, if this show brought you any love, light, delight, and, you know, you just, you just got someone in your life that you just really want to share this with, just send them a little link or whatever. Send mm-hmm. the episode. Have them listen to it. We certainly love, you know, to get some extra opinions on, on the show. And also, you know, wherever you're listening to this co- podcast, you know, a comment, a rating, a review. Ooh, not you a know, rating. So, you know, I mean, or all the above. <laughs> greatly appreciate it. We love to see it. We do. Um, 
And yeah, and I guess before we close out, I will say our next book, the one we'll be reading next, is called The Death of Vivek Oji by Akweki Amezi. So we'll be talking about that next time. But um, I guess between now and then, Akko, is there anything we should leave our listeners with before we head out? No, just until we see you next time, just remember to stay, stay colorful. colorful.